Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH, streaming live on the KTTH smartphone app. The number of cars being stolen each day in Pierce and King Counties will legitimately shock you. That is what's trending. What's trending? Crime. The Puget Sound Auto Theft Task Force, the PSATTF, also known as PSATTF, they put out the latest data on average car thefts in these two counties. And it's bonkers how many cars on average are being stolen. Now, we haven't brought him on air for a while, but Duncan, our nine-year-old intern, not sure where he came from still and or, frankly, where his parents are. Can you give, give me a drum roll? Thank you. Okay. The number of cars that are stolen on average in Pierce and King Counties, that number is... And that number is? I told you to stop. Did you give him sugar? You gave him sugar. He had a Mountain Dew. You gave him sugar, of course. What did we tell you about that? I told you never to do that. I told you never to give him Mountain Dew. This is how he acts this entire time. Look, he's going to pass out. No, I wasn't ready. The number is 78. Now it's all ruined. 78. 78 car thefts a day in August. Think about that for a moment. Every single day. A lot of them are obviously Kia and Hyundais. Different models, different makes. They found that nearly 1,700 cars were stolen last month just in King County. 722 in Pierce County. Now, the Passat to Tahoff, they advise you as a driver, the same way we hear from various law enforcement agencies all the time. They give us the same stuff over and over and over again. Don't put any valuables in your car. If you have them there, make sure they're not in plain sight. They say don't leave your cars running unattended. They say use anti-theft devices like alarms, kill switches. That one sounds fun. And steering wheel locks. If you can, put one of those air tags in your car so you can track it. They give you all of these tips. But I would rather us say, from a law enforcement perspective, I would rather them say this is happening because of the criminal justice reforms that were done in the name of Black Lives Matter. When we told criminals that we wouldn't charge them, we wouldn't chase them, we wouldn't arrest them for stealing cars. It's just property. Well, guess what? They took advantage. They took notice. They know. You've got kids doing a lot of this, too. The Kia boys. This is happening all over the place. And I I only have the numbers from Pierce and King Counties, but I'm willing to bet they're just as stark in Thurston, Clark, Spokane Valley. I'm assuming they're the same in Snohomish. We see all of this happening over and over and over again every day. It's getting to the point where it's hard to tell if we're redoing the same story. And I'm kind of curious, just from the radio listener perspective, and you can text us at 1-800-465-8770. When I tell you some of these stories of the latest shop to have a stolen vehicle be driven through the the storefront, do you ever wonder for just a moment, is this a repeat? Didn't he do this yesterday? Didn't he do this on Monday? Well, the answer is no, it's not a repeat, 
But yes, it's the same kind of story. In many cases, the same business. We told you yesterday about a West Seattle vape shop, a smoke and vape shop. They got hit twice this week. Now we have another pot shop robbery where a stolen Hyundai was driven into the storefront of Dockside Cannabis 315 this morning. This is the seventh burglary this year of just that Dockside Cannabis. Now, if you're saying, didn't you just do that story? Seriously, didn't you do that on Monday? You, I'm, I'm certain you said Dockside Cannabis. I did. Except it was the Ballard Dockside Cannabis. This one is in Soto. But this is not the first time the Soto branch or leaf ended up getting ha, burglarized. Ha, 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 ha. I thought it was funny. They were previously burglarized on or in July. Now, officers got to the scene. They found a stolen Hyundai Santa Fe that had crashed into the front of the building, which, by the way, in fairness, it could have been a self-driving car that said, this car is so ugly and just decided to destroy itself. But they said, no, that wasn't the case because the display counters were broken. Other items inside the business were destroyed. The owner told Como TV that they stole the, the crooks stole about a few hundred dollars worth of items, which pales into comparison the amount of money they're going to have to spend to fix all the damage that was done. Just a few moments, we're going to actually talk to an owner of a gun shop that this just happened to. And when you look at the surveillance footage, the thieves were in there inside this pot shop for just under a minute. In and out. They got in, took what they could. They ran out. They drove off knowing that they weren't going to be pursued. Four men in all. Here's a woman who sounds like she came to pick up her order. And in fact, she did go to pick up her order talking with our sister station, Cairo News Radio. The time, money, and energy that it will take to rebuild this is really shameful. You can tell she suffers from the glaucoma, and that's why she needs some of the, you know, the little the little medicine, the eye medicine. So this is gonna continue to happen over and over and over again. And we're gonna continue to report it because I think it's important to understand how often this is happening. We have had a story like this every single day this week. Every single day this week. And I'm pretty sure last week. And when you average it all out, because we've had days in which two or three of these happened at once, all within a few hours of one another, in different parts of the Puget Sound, probably been happening every single day for a month. And I still don't see in any of these reports, other than the transactional information, here's what happened, here's when it happened, here's how the police responded. They don't connect the dots. They don't tell us why it's happening. They do not tell us why it's happening in local media. That means it's on all of us to ensure that our friends and family members, the coworkers who won't report you to HR, know what we know. Get this in front of them. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? In Seattle. I am of mixed feelings on this next story, if I'm being totally honest and upfront here. This is a cus- this is a, a customer. This is a guy who wanted so desperately to go see Beyonce when she was in town last week. And his name is John Hetherington. He's from Oregon. And he couldn't get his wheelchair to fit 
onto the airline that he was taking. He was hopping on that plane to get down here, or I guess get up here to Seattle from Oregon. And they couldn't get him on the flight because of his wheelchair. He then went to TikTok, whereas that's now the place you go to to complain about something. It used to be Facebook. and Well, it used to be MySpace. And then you would include emo lyrics at the end of it. But then you would go to Facebook. Then it became Instagram. Now it's TikTok. And he told us what happened. Well, guess I'm not going to Seattle and I'm not seeing Beyonce. Got to the airport to take my flight. And they tell me that my chair is apparently four inches too tall to be loaded onto the plane. So they checked every possible flight, every airline, and nothing is available. So after 25 years of waiting, I'm not seeing Beyonce tonight. So ableism strikes again. Okay, well, let's be, uh, it's not ableism. You're allowed to go on, but there are some restrictions, and that's also for safety of other people, okay? With all due respect, and I, f- I feel for him. I don't know why he couldn't go to any other show. It's not This wasn't her only tour in the last 25 years, but fair enough. Maybe she hasn't come to the area in 25 years, which I also find hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know where that number comes from, but... He's wanted to go for 25 years. He's always had to work on the other nights, and this is the first time I mean, it could, it could be that. Yeah, no, I, be- I mean, I believe him on that. But once he went online and told his story, a whole bunch of people said, hey, this is not fair. This is not fair. Somehow it got to Beyonce's team and they ended up paying for him to go down to a different show. Somehow he was able to get his wheelchair that was previously too big on this other plane. Although they didn't tell us how he actually got there. Did you notice that? They don't tell us. What they did to bring yeah. him to the... I mean, maybe it could fit on a different airline's flights. Well, I, no, I don't what know. I'm it's thinking, bizarre. What I'm thinking, it was a private jet. That would be interesting. But he hasn't bragged about that part yet. It was down. He went to uh, Dallas for her latest show, and he was there, and he was all like, You're great, baby. And then he he went to bed early. He had to leave before she even started. He was like, The opener got me too excited, and I got to go home. Can I can I ask a question? Is it going to be mean in nature? It's not going to be mean, but it is going well, maybe it is. Well, you're going to But not it intentionally, anyway. not intentionally. Okay, okay. I mean, it's a little intentional cuz I I do know that it's going to sound mean and I'm doing it. If he wasn't in a wheelchair, would people care? No. Okay. Is that not condescending? A little. Should he not then be a little bit annoyed? Just a little bit? I mean, he's benefiting from it, and he and kudos to everyone. They're obviously nice people who helped, and the Beyonce team. Kudos to them for for saying you wanted to do something about it. But let's say it was another case of someone just missing their flight because their their bag that they were bringing was too large, and they refused to put it into uh, to checked baggage because the last time they did it, they lost it and they forgot to put a working air tag on it. No one would say anything. And That's even true. if it wasn't no fault of the person, it, it, the only reason this got anyone's attention is because he's in a wheelchair. And I find that to be very demeaning. If, like, if, if I'm putting myself in his position, I would, I would still accept it, of course. <laughs> Everyone would. We, all of us would. 
But I would wonder if, like, between you and I, you're only doing this because I'm in a wheelchair, right? And then Beyonce gives him a little wink and a nod and then goes on stage and sings her heart out. I just, I don't know. I found that part weird because there are lots of people who have just bad luck. Sure. It seemed to be his own problem unless he's never flown before. Does he not know the... I mean, I guess it could have depended on what kind of flight he he was taking. If it was one like an Uber regional flight, the the small ones with the um, with the engines that have the yeah, <laughs> propellers that always yeah, a little think, two by two gonna... kind of flights. Yeah, so maybe I mean, that from was Eugene the case. to here, that would make sense that it would be one of those. I don't know. This guy just I mean, wanted good to, for him. He wanted to see the concert. He's yeah. playing the hand that he was dealt. I mean, it sucks that he couldn't get on the original flight. Yeah, maybe he came off a little bit whiny, but ultimately he got what he wanted. I don't right? think he came off whiny. You don't? No, I think I, I would be upset if I were him, too. I, I have no problem with his part in any of this. I just the it's the reaction to it that at least gets me wondering whether or not people are as nice as they want to claim to be. When I think they took pity and there's a difference between taking I, I pity. I guess so. I see what you're saying. And maybe that's unfair of me. Maybe everyone would react in a, a different, in a similar well, way. Like, what about like the, the people that were trying to go to the Lumineers concert at the Gorge, what, two weeks ago? They couldn't get in because of the security? Yeah, or I whatever. don't care about them. They were looking at the Lumineers. So what? Hey! Oh, yeah, we got well, it. Yeah I, yeah, I understand Lumineers suck, but a lot of people missed the show that wanted to go to it. For some reason, seemingly out of their hands, somewhat similar to this situation. Yeah, and, hey, Lumineers, you know what you didn't do? Come back and do a show for them. You know what you didn't do? Fly them all out to wherever it is you're touring. Yeah, let, let's turn this on the Lumineers. I'm fine with that. Yeah, angle. let's turn. You know what? Shame on you. Look at that Beyonce. She spent like a good $143 to get him to Dallas. More than that. Shut up. <laughs> and you guys at the Lumineers, you can't do exactly the same for for the hundreds of people, if not... Thousands of people who didn't get to go and see your concert. Tens of millions of people who were just lined up going into the gorge because they were like, man, the Lumineers, they're still playing. They're still around. Do they have a hit outside of that one song? I'm sure they do, but I couldn't name any of them. I have to go see them and then only to just leave them hanging. That really was the most surprising thing about that story is how many people would drive to the gorge to see the Lumineers. Are they still that big of a deal? I didn't think the gorge they is were. a big I venue. Knew a couple of people who were in that line, and I was like, yeah, really? Well, yeah. You know, in in a way, it kind of reminds me of not that I think they're the same, but Dave Matthews, who can still fill these huge forums, and you know. We got yeah. it. You're fine. Give me more horns. You're just 83 years old now. It's not all that interesting. You're barely performing anymore, and you look weird. You're just a weird-looking guy. What's his name? Dave Matthews? Weird-looking guy. Does he still have the guy with the horns? I think so. Ugh. Push the button. What's trending? Crime. Well, it happened again. This is something we're used to. Let Freedom Ring, it is a gun shop over in Lacey. It had a car drive through its storefront. This time, however, burglars didn't actually get away with anything. Joining me on the line to discuss is the owner, Josh. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, car drives through, but you actually, I guess, foresaw something like this potentially happening. What was your security system that got in the way of the burglars actually getting anything? Well, we spend quite a bit of time loading and unloading all of our firearms daily into a secure concrete and steel facility for storage. 
So they just basically couldn't break through. <laughs> well, they didn't even attempt to go any further than just the showroom. They smashed the uh, uh, smashed through the uh, storefront, uh, all glass windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a stolen car smashed in through all of our displays and products that were in the showroom floor and then started smashing the cabinets that would hold the pistols during business hours, and there was nothing there. So when you got word that this occurred, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Because I, uh, you know, I imagine you've been up to speed on the news and you know that this has been happening a lot. Well, you know, we've been in business for a few years now, and other than some spray paint on the building because we were uh, doing business with law enforcement and we got the ACOB tag from the Antifa bunch, Mm -hmm. uh, we've actually really haven't had very many issues. We've got a pretty good relationship with our community, but at some point uh, you see the way that our uh, governor and attorney general have spent a lot of time um, creating an environment that this is flourishing. So at some point, the odds are not in your favor. Yeah, at some point, you just know it's going to be your turn. You you, you hope that maybe something will happen in between then to, to mitigate the risks. But with, with Jay Inslee, Bob Ferguson, and possibly a governor, Bob Ferguson, it doesn't seem like anything's going to get any better. Why do you think there's such a disconnect between what's happening on the ground and some of the policies that Democrats are pursuing? Well, because the Democrats aren't pursuing policies that are good for the people. It's good for their people. What does that mean? Who's their people? Their people. Well, who who benefits from these programs that a lot of tax monies gets dumped into? For instance, we put a a ton of money into a hotel for people who are homeless. Not that I have anything against people that are homeless, but the last hotel was burnt down. Mm-hmm. And and we're repeating the same situation. Instead of implementing a program that requires these people to be clean and sober, participate in our society in a positive way to be able to reap the the benefits, if you will, of the taxpayer's money, there's no expectations. Why? What do you think is the prevailing opinion in Lacey and in just the, the county, Thurston County in general? You've got a sheriff who actually cares about this stuff. He, in fact, uh, is now interpreting the law to allow him to pursue uh, suspects in cases like this one driving through a storefront. But what do you think people are saying on the ground? What are you hearing from them? Well, what I will tell you is I have sat down and had a face-to-face with our uh, county sheriff. Derek is a good man. He's got a good crew there. Um, our, Our local police department here at Lacey, we've got a good crew of men and women, both out on the front and the support team. I feel pretty fortunate. But it doesn't stop the fact that on a state level that there are so many things that are levied against Mm -hmm. the handful of people that are doing the right thing. You look at the amount of businesses that were shut down through the COVID lockdowns. Who who benefited? Those that's taxpayer. I mean, that's that tax money comes through those businesses. Why would you shut them down? I could go on and on and on about how the the system is it goes to benefit all the money that has gone into these programs to benefit I don't want to say all a lot of the money that goes into benefiting 
these programs that they pull on our our uh, heartstrings uh, for the homeless. Look how much money per person is getting put into this program. Nobody offered me $75,000 to put towards a mortgage payment of my own. Mm-hmm. So who benefits the, from that? They're friends that have the contracts building X, Y, and Z or remodeling. It's the people that benefit that aren't we the people. It's the the friends of the uh, enemy. Yep. Do you have any hope for the state of Washington? Um, well, I have uh, opened a business out of state in Nevada. We were actually down remodeling a new retail location. Do I have hope? I think the only hope we have for this state at this point in time is that people take back the power. Do you think that they will? Uh, well, I hope so. Um, I, I hope so, too, I do. but I don't know if they will. <laughs> Well, I think that I, I do believe that on on a state level, there are a lot of people that maybe considered themselves a little more middle ground or maybe even a little bit more liberal that are seeing the side effects of um, the way our current government is going. And even even folks that normally would have a much different point of view than me uh, are are looking and changing their mind. I've got grandmas coming in in their 70s looking for firearms because yep. they're scared to death. I had somebody come in with the Bernie Sanders sticker on the back of their car telling me they need a gun, things are getting bad. Even though they've never had a gun in their entire life, it's getting to the point where they realize that the laws are not in our favor to protect us, but the criminals. Exactly. I wish people would actually not just go in and purchase a firearm and be safe and responsible with it, but also vote differently and make sure we make some better decisions. Uh, I hope that happens. I'm not going to hold my breath just yet, but maybe, maybe, maybe every day that they get hit with these stories of cars driving into storefronts, they might connect some dots. We've been talking with Josh, the owner of Let Freedom Ring out in Lacey. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Thank you. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. Our friend, our tax expert, who's a local, Greg Nunn of None Better Tax Resolution, he's growing and looking for tax specialists to hire. If you are passionate about fighting for taxpayers and you're interested in a new job, a fulfilling job, give Greg Nunn a call at 425-947-1967. 425-947-1967 or Google N-U-N-N, None Better Tax Resolution. When we come back, Big local. Snoqualmie, Mercer Island, Des Moines. This is the Big Local on the Jason Ranch Show. Shoreline, Woodenville, Burien. Stories about you, not about Seattle. Hey, look at that. 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. That means it's time for the Big Local brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They're online at alpinecleen.com. This is the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle and instead focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. We start in the city of Everett because after the new state law went into effect that recriminalized drug possession, Everett PD has been patrolling 
in particular the downtown Everett with an emphasis patrol trying to get the crisis just maybe a little less severe. Now, according to the Everett Herald, it would appear they've been pretty successful so far. They say since mid-July, Everett police have increased their presence around the city through emphasis patrols, booking 84 people into the Snohomish County Jail for investigation of public drug use. Another 13 were given citations, but were released. Now, they started all of this back in July, July 15th. And at that point, they had booked four people into jail for public drug use, referred one to prosecutors for charges. Now, to get to that point, it has to be especially egregious. In August, they stepped things up. They went from just four to 48, plus 11 citations. This month, they say 19 bookings and two citations. Now, I imagine some of this is based just upon staffing. Emphasis patrols are really great, but you have to have the staff to do so. And I imagine at times they are having to be pulled from the emphasis patrols to go respond to priority one calls. Those are calls that are emergencies that require immediate intervention. Daily Herald said they reviewed dozens of jail booking records that showed the vast majority of the defendants spent about two days or less in jail. And again, that's kind of what we expect. That is what we're going to expect whenever we're dealing with these kinds of drug use cases, the the very low-level stuff. The way for this to truly work in the long term is to ensure that you do this with those individuals over and over and over and over again some more. That when they get out two days later and they go back to the streets and they continue to use, you're there again and saying, okay, we're going to put you in jail again. Yeah, I know you'll be out in two days, but don't worry. I'll be back. And we're going to go through this whole same thing over and over and over again until you finally say, yes, you're ready for help. Because when we get people the help that they need, well, guess what? We don't have to worry as much about them recommitting these kinds of offenses. Now, in the next hour, we're going to talk with John Naring, mayor of Marysville, because they are getting ready to implement a three strikes rule specifically targeting not i shouldn't say specifically targeting drug addicts or criminal the vast majority of the cases that they will be dealing with are folks who are drug dealers or excuse me drug users and we want to get those people help marysville has a track record of getting people help having them actually follow through and then quote unquote graduating the programs Everett needs to do exactly the same thing. They've got some of the groundwork laid out for them. They've already done it. They've already got some of it going. We already got the police involved. We're already getting people in the downtown area, at least expecting that they might be seeing someone from the Everett PD doing their patrols, interacting with people who are drug addicts. Hopefully, at the bare minimum, you're pushing them away from downtown Everett so people and businesses there can feel comfortable and thrive. But you got to go one step forward, just one more step to ensure that you are not just doing part one of a long process, but you are following through. Because the end result has to be getting them into treatment one way or another. Don't care how you do it. We just know that needs to be the end result. Meanwhile, out in Pierce County, at least. There are 
folks trying to take advantage of the officers who are, were charged and are currently in trial for the death of Manny Ellis. There's apparently phone callers that are connecting with individuals claiming, hey, we're collecting donations on behalf of the Tacoma PD. We're trying to assist these three officers because they're in trial now. They just started with jury selection on Monday. This is going to be very expensive for them. Please give us some money and it's going to go directly to the lawyers so that they can actually put on a great defense. You love cops, don't you? They're trying to play into that. Now, the Tacoma Police Department put out a news release saying it is not, nor will it ever, solicit funds from community members in this manner or in this circumstance. So there's someone who's just trying to prey on people being pro-cop. Ironically, if you were to ask me what kind of scam in this sort of general world what I guess existed, it would be the opposite. We're, we're raising money to go after the cops. That's kind of where my head went. Well, maybe the people who are the most argent, ardently anti-cop, maybe they're the, you know, l- least wealthy. I'll give them points for creativity on this, I Don't guess. Don't give them points. That's horrible. Well, you're always encouraging or I'm never encouraging to- any crime whatsoever. But I will say if I were to do this, I would say I'm kidding. <laughs> Tacoma News Tribune says this has been going on for the last several days at least. They don't have any leads at least at this point, but they say Tacoma Police urges anyone who gets a scam call to contact the South Sounds 911 non-emergency line so that they can do what they can do to figure out who's behind this. They say note the phone numbers that are being used or any email addresses that are being given out or maybe if you're even getting an email on this. Just be able to track that down or have it ready so you can give it to the non-emergency number and they'll see what they can do about it, which is almost certainly going to be nothing. Finally, they're staying in the News Tribune. They've got a story called Can Tacoma, Pierce County work together to combat homelessness? No, they can't. Solves it. Yeah, we can move on. Next. Next story. They write, for the first time in recent memory, the Tacoma City Council and the Pierce County Council met together Tuesday afternoon, setting the groundwork for future collaboration in the fight against homeless. Government leaders listened to presentations about the city's and county strategies to address homelessness, as well as learned about how much both governments are spending on related programs and resources. And they point out that although some council members deferred on what next steps officials should take, all agreed that there was an urgent need for a unified approach and to do so sooner rather than later. Now, I don't know if this is going to end in some kind of regional homelessness authority, but anyone who is a voter in Pierce County or just in Tacoma, make sure you're doing everything possible to ensure that that doesn't happen. Look, if they want to get together and share some best practices from a county to a city and a city to a county, have at it. Seems like something you can do over email, but go ahead and do what you want. But this idea that they're going to pool resources will hurt every other city but Tacoma. 
because the money will end up being funneled into Tacoma. This is the population's hotspot for Pierce County. And while they certainly have more homelessness than some other communities, there are other communities that are suffering. And all you're doing is subsidizing what is almost certainly going to be a harm reduction approach and a housing first approach to homelessness. None of which actually work. And so you will be wasting money that you otherwise could have put into your own community on pilot programs and initiatives that are mostly impacting Tacoma. We know that that will likely be the case because that's been the case with the King County Regional Homelessness Authority. They're not spending time outside of Seattle. Perfect example is what's been going on on homelessness in Burien. What exactly have they done over the King County Regional Homelessness Authority? When it comes to Burien, what have they done? Virtually nothing. They sent a couple memos. They left it up to the city. Now, I thought the whole idea of having a regional homelessness authority was to help out in situations like this. Say, hey, there's Burien. They need some help. They need some assistance. Why is it that we're spending all this money on Seattle then? So I urge people to step back. And let's be clear. There's also differences in political ideology Significant ones, I think, between the council on the county side and the council on the city side. One is considerably farther to the left. Now, there's some similarities, no doubt. And there's some cray-cray. The kids say that's still cray-crays? Yeah, sure. That wasn't very convincing. Yeah, Let I me s- clap back at that. Oh, there you not There you go. You used your lingo word. Good for you. Good for you. I'm so good. You're so young. I'm a talent. You're 28. 28 on my Tinder profile. Uh, maybe that's why I'm not getting anyone swiping right. They're just going to come at it from an ideological perspective. And I just ultimately, I don't think that it's going to work. And anything you can do to keep money in your own community, the better. Because you know your leaders way better. Way better then you will a county that doesn't report to you or a city that doesn't report to you. So make sure you're doing what you can there. And then finally, there's a story here that I don't want to do. So I'm not going to do it. Because what am I doing on Sunday? What am I doing? Flying. And what happened in Arlington? Crash. I'm, I'm going to skip that story. Am I the only one who tries to stay away from anything like that right before a flight? I mean, I'm not going to seek out. I'm not going to Google plane crashes or something if I'm sitting at the airport. But if a story happens upon me, I'm not going to be discouraged from traveling. I'm not saying I'm discouraged from traveling. I just don't want to think about it. And I will also say this as a quick aside. Hey, airlines, don't put any movies or television shows that include crashes on board. <laughs> Can we just not do that? That I definitely don't. Need. You seem like the type of person that would be an instigator. No, would be that watching is some plane crash movie and bumping the guy next out. to you. Hey, look nope. at this. Nope, 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 nope. I'll be bumping into the person next to me if they're watching one and say, sir, no, we're not doing that. Turn that off. Could you go look at the Delta in-flight entertainment and tell me which movies are problematic for me on my Sunday flight to New York? Could you just do that? Yeah, I'll I'll look into it. I want a four-page paper by the end of this hour. 
I want movies with synopses. And if there are, in fact, any movies you know I will want to watch to make sure that I um, know when the plane crash happens so that I can uh, pee at that time. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text message. In fact, I think you do because you get to pick the story we do next. Story number one. One major city mayor is leaving the Democrat Party to become a Republican, saying American cities need Republicans. Which mayor? Which city? Or story number two. A Michigan toddler lost in the woods was found doing this. A story that does not sound interesting at all, despite it being framed as interesting. And I read it and I'm like, and? Okay. You're curious, I guess. Text 1-800-465-8770. You pick the story. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. You pick the topic on The Jason Rancho. Indeed you do. And you want me to go with the big city mayor who said, yeah, I'm not going to be a Democrat anymore. The mayor of one of the largest cities in the country announced this morning in an op-ed that he is becoming a Republican. The title of this Wall Street Journal editorial is America's cities need Republicans and I'm becoming one. And I'm going to give our friend Duncan, our nine-year-old intern, a little bit of a rest. No drum roll. I said, put it down. Put it, put it down. Or I'm telling your father. And I don't care that he left three years ago and hasn't come back. Put it down. Okay. Sorry. It's the mayor of Dallas, Eric Johnson. He wrote, the future of America's great urban centers depends on the willingness of the nation's mayors to champion law and order and practice fiscal conservatism. He continued, our cities desperately need the genuine commitment to these principles as opposed to the inconsistent poll-driven commitment of many Democrats. He's saying that enough is enough. He's saying that he doesn't buy into the... Very disingenuous observations of the left that they they claim they're very compassionate. They're the ones looking out for people on the ground. You've got those evil people on the right who just want to back the the fat cats. They're just about the one percenters. Pushing those silly observations aside, Eric Johnson saw what Democrats do on a local level in his city. And especially when it comes to law and order. Dallas has not been immune to the crime crisis. Unfortunately, it hasn't been immune. And he understands what's on the line. And he understands the, unfortunately, right now, the prevailing position of Democrats when it comes to crime. They view systems of uh, in, within the criminal justice system as oppressive. They believe that they need to be dismantled and rebuilt. They tell us that. Now, while I don't think that all Democrats, when I'm speaking of that, I mean voters, hold those views. We talked a little bit about this yesterday with Mark Levin. I don't think all voters who are Democrats, who identify as Democrats, hold the view of the radicals that have taken over their party. But they're not doing enough to push back and boot them from the party. 
Thus, they're allowing the radicals to define what the Democrat what the Democrat Party currently is. And it's pushing people like Eric Johnson away. And I imagine he's going to get a little bit of pushback because he happens to be black. And when you're black, you're not allowed to be a Republican. They call you a sellout. But he's doing what he thinks is best for his community. Now, are there some political implications here or political reasons? Maybe. I don't follow the intricacies of politics uh, on the Dallas city level. I imagine there's some of that. He might just be recognizing a shift in the populace who says, yeah, you know what? The Democrats have done too good of a job branding branding themselves around all the craziness. They've just done too good of a job. And I don't want to be on the side that doesn't respect law enforcement because I understand that we need to put these bad guys in jail. And if we don't have anybody policing them and we have DAs who don't want to put them in jail, we have judges who don't want to put them in jail. Yeah, there's something clearly wrong with that. Maybe they're seeing that. And they're more open than they were before to voting for a Republican, certainly one that they now recognize. They know him. They know who he is. They've lived life under his current term. And they're saying to themselves, "Okay, well, you know, maybe what I thought about Republicans isn't true. He continues to write in the op ed. In other words, American cities need Republicans and Republicans need American cities. When my political hero, Theodore Roosevelt, was born, only 20% of Americans lived in urban areas. By the time he was elected president, that share had doubled to 40%. Today, it stands at 80%. As America's cities go, so goes America. Just so happens that's a theme of my book, What's Killing America, which is out on Tuesday. Google it. Go wherever it is you buy your books. Check it out. But that's the truth. What happens in these big cities don't stay there. That's what he's basically saying. What happens in Dallas spreads. What happens in L.A., San Francisco, Atlanta, D.C., Chicago, Portland, Seattle, it spreads. And anyone who lives in Washington state knows that. In fact, anyone who lives in California knows that or Illinois knows that or New York knows that. We all know at some point these bad policies or the consequences of them, they come for us. You can't run away. It follows us wherever it is you go. So those of you who said, I decided to live in Sumner, or I'm going into Wenatchee, or I'm going onto the east side of the state, I'm I'm living in where was a Ford, Washington. You can't escape these policies for long. Some of you have gotten lucky where you have been able to escape for the most part. But all of a sudden, you're saying to yourself, maybe in Darrington, man, you know, what's up with all these kids who are causing all these problems? We didn't used to have this kind of crime crisis. What's going on? It only gets worse and worse and worse. Now, the Austin Police Retired Officers Association spoke out, saying, when you have a mayor who supports the police, not only in his words, but his actions, you see what happens to crime in your city. 100% correct. He continues, his name is Dennis Ferris. Mayor Johnson has led from the front, and it showed when he was reelected without one single challenger. That's unheard of in a major U.S. city. So now just thinking about the politics of this, we now have a popular mayor in a major city who happens to be black saying proudly, I want nothing to do with Democrats. I'm all in on the Republican Party. 
when he took office in Dallas, they started to see a decline in crime. And he attributes that to a strong police chief having a budget that reflects public safety and ensuring that there's community buy-in for crime reduction. Good for him. That's a big win for the Republican Party and for the city of Dallas. Jason Rancho.